Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to today's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Every time we gather for this podcast, we want to encourage and equip leaders in the local church to be disciples who make disciples. And today's episode is about that very thing, as really every episode is, Andy. And so uh, I'm Mark Ganey. This is Andy Frazier. And uh, we are so glad to be here with you on today's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Yeah, today we're going to talk about something that uh, Mark and I are just going to be a little honest about. I mean, not that we're not honest on our podcast, but today we're going to talk about a struggle. A struggle for us and probably for many of us who are watching or listening to the podcast. If you aim to make disciples in your local church, you have a disciple-making strategy, you have a pathway laid out, that doesn't mean you're not going to have struggles. You're going to come up with some, some things that are going to trip you up and halt progress or, or make you scratch your head and wonder how do we address this or, or, or deal with this. But today we're going to talk about something that I think is a very common struggle. Once you've kind of been involved in initiating some kind of strategy to intentionally make disciples in your church, you're going to have some issues with what are we going to talk about, Mark? We're, we're talking about groups of all sizes and all environments really turning inward. Inward. And that's, that's a struggle that, that really, it's human nature to turn inward. And so we're going to talk about that, whether it's you know, you know, your large worship gathering, whether it's your small groups or Sunday school uh, or life groups, whatever you call it, or whether it's your D groups and huddles and those micro groups that are designed to multiply people spiritually. And so really that, this issue has been on my heart and mind as Andy and I have been talking uh, lately because I've seen that transparently as a pastor in our own church. And so, you know, our church over the last couple of years, our whole theme as a church has been on evangelism. Um, we talked about in 2021, you really God raising up an army of people who, and disciples, you know, who would pour into other people and uh, who would share the gospel. And then this year, our theme has been to change the world one conversation at a time. So we've been focused on gospel conversations. And let me brag on our church for just a minute. We've had 310 gospel conversations that we've recorded as a church this year. But even even with that, what I've seen, just from my own experience, with my own D group, with my own life group uh, and small group, is that tendency still to turn inward. And while we talk about gospel conversations, it's not always at the you know top of our list. And what I've seen in our church transparently is a kind of while we've had so many gospel conversations, you would expect us to have maybe more baptisms, and we have it. And so what I been, get, began to ask the question, okay, what is it that's not translating? Hmm. Our D groups are strong. I mean, we're we're in our fourth generation of discipleship groups in our church. And they're multiplying spiritually. Lives are being changed, certainly. People are engaging in God's Word. And we're holding each other accountable to gospel conversations to an extent. But something's lost in translation because we're not seeing that effect. And we're not seeing that impact like you think we would. And so what, what I've just kind of discovered is when we talk about gospel conversations, some of our people are having those conversations with people that may be strangers and may be not directly related to their everyday walk of life. So I began to ask that question, okay, well, how do we make sure that all of our groups don't turn inward? Yeah, and it happens 
in a healthy church, it happens in a struggling church. Uh, the church I pastor is a revitalization, and early on in a revitalization or in an established church, uh, you have to really kind of be honest when you look at how you view the, the philosophy of, of, of why the church exists and the purpose of all your ministries. And many times in a church revitalization, a church has began to focus as an organization inwardly. That's right. It's, it's maintenance mindset. It's trying to just kind of maintain and not lose any more of what you have. And that's not what we're talking about in, in today's episode. We're talking more about in a group strategy in your small groups or Sunday school classes or your discipleship groups or huddles or, or tea groups or whatever you call them. And in, in that atmosphere, we can get so cozy and comfortable and we can forget that the purpose of us being discipled is to make disciples and, and not just inside the four walls of the church or right. wherever we meet, but in the sphere of influence God has given us. How are we investing in those relationships? And like you mentioned, having gospel conversations. And uh, I, I think, Mark, I think it is as much of a, a issue that happens with leadership as a whole in the church, but also leadership in our groups. I yeah. think it should be something very intentional that we're constantly looking at because it can happen quick. It's not a slow fade sometimes. Sometimes you can go from being very outward focused and missional and evangelistic to you get real comfortable with the people in your group and you kind of forget your purpose. So I think it's a, a leadership issue uh, in, in one uh, matter of speaking. Uh, organizationally, the pastor, the key leaders in the church, I think not only need to say, hey, let's have gospel conversations. Let's Let's do what we're supposed to be do, doing and sharing the gospel, but I think they need to be setting the tone by their example as well. Right. So if you and I are not having those gospel conversations and sharing with our people uh, that we're having those gospel conversations, the good conversations and the bad conversations, right. not every gospel conversation or opportunity we have to share the gospel results in somebody saying, you know what, I need to give my life to Christ right, right. now. How do I do that? You right. know? It's not an Ethiopian eunuch story. That's right. But... Uh, but your sharing is huge. Yeah, I mean, the, like you just said, the the good ones and what we may deem as failures. But obviously, if you're sharing the gospel, that's a success. You know, w- what if your people heard you in a sermon talk about how you shared the gospel and it crashed and burned? You know, that that wouldn't get them excited to say, "Oh, I'm going to go do the same." But it would say, "You know what? It happens to him too." That's right. And and certainly when you share the gospel and you have those conversations where you share your story or invite somebody to church and they come to church. If you share that from the, you know, the platform, man, what a powerful tool. Yeah, I don't have the gift of evangelism. I've, I've never had the ability to stand before a, a crowd of people and you know, be able to share the gospel and just the, the, the crowd just all come forward and you know, weeping and crying and confessing sin. I've, I've never had that. I've had the opportunity over time to build relationships with yep. people. And through those relationships, share the gospel. And that's what I try to communicate with our people is God has given us a sphere of influence, people he's allowed us to invest our lives in and build relationships with. And those people see you. They see the real you. They, you know, so through those opportunities, I believe we need to share, like you said, and lead by example and let our people know this, that it's not something we just say, hey, you need to do this. But we need to let them know, hey, this is something that I'm passionate about because I'm a follower of Christ, just like you are. That's right. And it's my calling. And, you know, for me, I'm not gifted in evangelism either. It's not my spiritual gift. But it has always been a passion of mine. 
And I think one of the things that kind of gets us inward as leaders is that we tend to think of discipleship being going deeper, which part of disciple making is knowing God more. Uh, but you can't, you can't be a disciple maker. You can't fulfill the Great Commission without making disciples, which means you know God more to make Him known. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, we're in the middle of a series in our church right now about being an everyday disciple and you know calling others to follow Jesus too. And, and that, that's always been a passion of mine. And I think um, as a leader, we've got to let that, that calling come through in, in how we communicate. Yeah, and that needs to be emphasized and communicated very well with the leaders in our groups. If we're talking about groups in our churches being are becoming more inward focused, uh, and it may not be that it's deadly or super dangerous, but maybe you see slowly over time if you if you're on the same track that you're on, like you're talking about, you know, you've got to look back and 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 say, you know what, I, I'm trying to, to to accomplish this. I'm trying to be an example. I'm trying to communicate. So maybe you need to be more, be more intentional about investing in those who are leading the groups. Maybe it's just a, a little bit of encouragement along the way, or maybe it's something like you guys do ever so often. You get your group leaders together, and you reemphasize, and you train, and you, you teach, and you kind of uh, rally the troops. That's right. Yeah, we have basically a gathering for our discipleship group leaders twice a year. We have a D-group summit, and then we kind of have a D-group leaders training time. And both of those times is exactly what we do. We remind them of those disciplines. We remind them of the, the things we want to emphasize uh, in our, you know, our discipleship groups, basically those spiritual disciplines, one of which is gospel conversations. And, and I think you know, beyond that, I, I do think we have to plan and think, okay, just like f- for us, you know, I, I realized, okay, well, there's something not getting through the way we want it to. You know, we're not seeing the impact. So what is it that we're missing? And I'll be honest with you, you know, just like any other pastor, any other church leader, I, I threw everything on the table and, and thought, do we just need to blow this up and, and do it differently? Are we doing it wrong kind of thing? But what I was convinced of, you know, our approach is correct, but we just need to emphasize some things a little bit more. And so uh, one thing that we've talked about is an increased accountability within our groups. And so I'll just tell you, you know, we, we talk about gospel conversations. Again, it's our theme of our church, this this uh, band that I wear that we've encouraged everybody to get says change the world one conversation at a time. So we keep that on the forefront in the worship gathering. And in the smaller groups, um, we have a, a line that, you know, every uh, leader or either, you know, some some uh, groups function like a Sunday school and they have secretary, you know, they record the attendance and all, but they have a line in there that they record gospel conversations for every group. And it's in, intended that every group asks, hey, did you have any gospel conversations this week? soft accountability. In every D group, we have a time where we talk about gospel conversations. So it's not like it doesn't exist even within our groups. But what, I, what I've recognized is while we ask it, we still don't put enough emphasis on it, right? We, don't, we certainly don't put the emphasis that Jesus did. And so what we're planning on doing going forward is, you know, asking our D group leaders very, at the very beginning of the D group to talk about three people, at the very beginning of their group, like when they start, who are three people's names that we're going to pray for that you're going to share with? And then if somebody comes to Christ or somebody moves away out of your sphere of influence, we can replace them. But three people every week that you're going to report on every week and, and ask that question, did you share Christ with them this week? Not to intimidate or guilt people, but to keep it on our hearts and our minds. This is what we're called to be. This is what we're called to do, to make disciples. And so that increased accountability, I think, is important in keeping our groups from turning inward. 
Yeah, and in those smaller environments and small groups or in your discipleship groups, the opportunity for accountability there can can be so loving and so honest and so helpful. It really, really matters. I mean, people will say something like, I don't know three people who don't know Christ. Well, you know what? There's a teachable moment to disciple somebody to say, how can you put yourself in a position to be around people who are unchurched or far from God and don't know Him? Uh, That's exactly right. Listen, I'll be honest. That was me a year and a half ago. Normally, I have environments where I'm around lost people. Even as a pastor, I intentionally do it. But I had to, in my own life... In a D group, realized that, oh my goodness, I don't have three names. This is the first time in a long time. So I decided, how am I going to do it? Well, my kids were already taking Taekwondo. They had just started Taekwondo. And I thought, okay, that's, that's what i got to do. I've got I've to jump in there and rub elbows with people that may not be churched, may not be followers of Christ. And that is my pool now. I wouldn't say rub elbows. I would say breaking stuff. Breaking, I did get breaking, my nose breaking broken. Breaking I don't think stuff. I told you that, yeah. but my nose got oh, broken. But, but hey, it's worth it. <laughs> If somebody comes to Christ in that in that dojo, well, and that kind of leads us to I, I think something that we need to make sure we mention, and that is, don't be discouraged when you're not seeing results. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not seeing numbers or whatever. Mark and I talked about this right before we started recording. Is be patient and trust God. You know, you do the planting and you do the watering, and you've got to trust God to give the increase over time. It may not be that something's happening on your time frame the way you want it to, but if you are investing in people's lives and and hearing about the gospel conversations and opportunities that they have, if you're hearing that that's happening on a regular basis, you're going to have to trust the work of the Spirit, you know, that it's His timing that those results will come. We've had multiple baptisms in our church this year, and a lot of young people have been baptized Mm -hmm. this year. It's because for the last couple of years, we've been investing heavily in some young families and seeing them lead their kids to Christ is phenomenal. So uh, your sphere of influence may be the people in your under your, your roof, right. first and foremost, before at work or school or whatever, and just just trust God that He will do exactly what He said He would do when, when we share the gospel. Not everybody will respond, but listen, if we continually pray for people consistently, then God will uh, right. change hearts and lives. Listen, I shared this with my, our church yesterday. Uh, we talked about the Great Commission, and I said... Verse 18 sets the foundation for 19 and 20. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. And so the mission will be successful because the one with all authority in the universe has given that mission. You think he's given a mission that he's going to fail in? Absolutely not. And it's not going to maybe be 100% successful every, every right. time. And every year is not going to be you know, this harvest of hundreds of people being baptized. But it will be successful over time. So, yeah, I agree. Just be patient and trust God. Yeah, and... and the, 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 I think the big thing that we miss out on in encouraging our whole church and in encouraging each of our groups is to celebrate when good things yes. do happen. Yes. I mean, yes, you want to celebrate when somebody comes to Christ. That's huge. I mean, uh, the angels rejoice in heaven when somebody comes to faith in Christ. So we here on earth as, as God's people, as church, should celebrate that publicly in some way, uh, not only as a church but with that person and, and disciple them. But even within your groups, celebrate small victories. Celebrate the fact that maybe somebody who has not been open to hearing about the gospel, all of a sudden God has changed their heart and maybe they're asking questions and you're, you're getting to, to have a conversation with them. Or somebody you've been praying for a while, for a while, God has answered some prayer in their life and allowed them to see Him differently, that He is he's more gracious and loving than they thought. So celebrate you know, some good things 
so that you're not always hearing about, well, I don't, you know, I don't have anybody on my list that's that's gotten saved in the last six months. Well, if you've been sharing the gospel with some people for six months, trust God. That's right. And look, you can celebrate gospel conversations. So this is something actually that I've been thinking about too, you know, and we're, we're planning on doing this. We've got about three or four people that have, I think they have the heart of evangelist and, and uh, maybe not the gift, but they've got that passion too. And so they've taken this to heart and they have had gospel conversations. So I've heard these stories, some in my D group, some in other pockets. And my plan is just to get on a Zoom call. Zoom's not the best quality, but we're going to get on a Zoom call and we're going to record some stories. Mm. And I'm going to start sharing that at the end of our service uh, on Sundays, at least once a month. Say, listen, I just want to celebrate this gospel conversation just to get people you know, I guess aware that people yes. are having these gospel conversations and it can yes. work. Yeah, communicate that. That's right. And and one other thing I would share is pray. Mm-hmm. I mean, prayer is huge. So every week, uh, every week, usually on Tuesdays, I spend some time in our worship center just praying. I pray for lots of things. But one of the things I pray for is that God would raise up 10 people in our church that have, would have a passion for people outside the church and that they would have gospel conversations and that they would be passionately evangelistic. And I'm telling you, that prayer is having fruit. Now, we're not seeing hundreds of people be baptized yet, but I know we will because the gospel's going forth because I'm praying that prayer. So spend some time asking God to give us labors for the harvest because it's still plentiful. That's right. So no matter where you are, if you're in a new church or established church, if you're just getting started, in implementing a disciple-making strategy, or if you're old school Sunday school, no matter where you are, it is very easy for our churches as a whole or our groups to be inward-focused. So uh, we encourage you to prayerfully consider uh, some of the things we've talked about today. But if you have something that you think is helping your church be more evangelistic and and seeing those gospel conversations uh happen, let us know. We'd yeah. love to hear from you about those things as well. Yeah, we learn from you. Uh, and we, we, we are um, thirsty, and we want to, to know more, and we want to grow, and we want to learn too. So, yes, certainly share with us. You can, you can hit us up at contact at churchleadershippodcast.com. That'll get to both Andy and I. So you can send uh, an email or ideas to that, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So, yeah, I was going to say, and a, a great way to encourage us is we want to encourage you and equip you would be to uh, like and share the podcast. Uh, go to YouTube where you watch it and you know f- follow us there and click on the bell. You're notified when we have new episodes. Whatever podcast streaming uh, platform that you listen to, like our podcast, subscribe to it, share it with others, review it. That would be great. So you, we would love for you to share the podcast and to let people know. And by the way, I don't know if we can really call this a weekly podcast anymore, <laughs> but it is certainly a regular and occasional podcast, but we love it every time we get to spend time with you. So thank you for joining us for today's episode. We we pray and hope that you have been encouraged and equipped to be a disciple that makes disciples, and we'll see you next time. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. 